Coffee with Colby, episode 10. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Colby. It's a show about helping you put your best foot forward on your professional path. In the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee, we're going to cover the challenges that crop up in the workplace and how to balance your career and your personal life. This is all the stuff that you need to know they didn't teach you in school. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Colby Reed, and this is my show. And I would like to apologize to everyone for missing our uh, episode last week. Uh, You may still hear it in my voice, but... By gosh, I was whacked with some sort of cold flu cough from the devil thing uh, last week uh, that had me pretty well knocked out, and listening to my voice was not a pretty picture. Um, But it did actually give me a really great uh, idea for a topic for this week. Um, as I mentioned, I had a really bad, you know, cough, cold, flu thing going on, um, and then as a result. I actually was coughing so hard I threw my back out, which was uh, a lot of fun. Um, And uh, what I wound up having to dig into this week uh, were a number of my company's medical benefits. Now, when you start a new job, the first half of the first day that you're there likely is going to be orientation. They're going to be going over a lot of different policies, and this is probably going to include an overview of your health benefits. Most companies do this for like an hour. They have an HR person that kind of walks you through. You'll sign some paperwork. And particularly younger professionals tend to kind of gloss over this because that first day you're drinking from a fire hose. You're meeting 90 million people. You're learning all these different acronyms. You're learning all these different these different uh, policies and procedures. You really don't have time to pay attention to co-pays and networks and deductibles. And quite frankly, the statistics show that younger professionals tend to use their healthcare benefits the least. Uh, that's when you're you know, technically, for the most part, at your most, most healthiest. You're not going to need to go to the doctor a whole lot. And so it's not something that you're really paying attention to. And that's actually a really big mistake. And here's why. Starting a new job is a huge life change. Uh, When I was in college, like a lot of you, I was going to the gym every day. I had plenty of time to cook my meals. Health was a central part of my life. And then when you move to a nine to five, or in today's culture, an eight to six, plus 30 to 45 minutes of commuting, you wind up sitting in a cubicle under fluorescent lights for at least nine hours a day, 10 hours a day. You're sitting for a total of, you know, 10 to 11 hours a day if you account for your, uh, your commute. You may have the ability to stand somewhat if you've got a standing desk, uh, but you're facing this new kind of exhaustion that, that sets in where you're sitting, you're not moving, you're in kind of an artificial environment. There's a lot of new stress. There's a lot of new pressure. Uh, you start to rely on caffeine more and more. We see that a lot with new professionals. Uh, and we also work in office environments now where treats are a new perk. Uh, More and more companies are putting out fully stocked kitchens with all kinds of snacks, which is really cool for that first like day or two days. But then when you realize that you've been subsisting on a diet of peanut M&Ms and Lara bars for, you know, the last, you know, three or four weeks, you start to notice that you're putting on a little bit of extra weight. And when you combine that environment with the fact that millennials, Generation Y, Generation Z, are more stressed out, more anxious, more depressed than any previous generation, 
it's no wonder that after about six months, we start to see young professionals go from these bright-eyed go-getters to these jittery bundle of nerves and health problems that all start to crop up all at once. And I'm speaking from experience here. Since entering the professional world, I've actually dealt with a number of medical issues that have come up. And these have not been directly and solely the result of my job, but they have been greatly influenced and exacerbated by the by my job and the work that I do. I've, I've uh, been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, uh, which is basically when people say, you know, you're an anxious guy. Uh, I developed esophageal spasms, which are these really fun things where the muscles around my esophagus contract. Um, it's been described as feeling like a heart attack. It's perfectly fine. There's no serious, any kind of long-term repercussions, but they're triggered by diet and stress. And as I think some of you know, I was also diagnosed last year with Crohn's disease, which is an autoimmune disease, which is uh, inflamed and exacerbated by diet and lifestyle. So if I don't prioritize my health, my work can quickly turn to hot garbage because my body basically will shut down on me. Anyone who has tried to work through the stomach flu or tried to work through uh, you know, a migraine or something like that, you know you just can't put out your top quality work. So if you're avoiding and not taking care of yourself, your body is not going to support you in the work that you do. However, the good news is more and more employers, while there's been all kinds of discussion about the costs and quality of, of, of healthcare, and there's a whole, whole other discussion, you know, not to be had on this podcast about healthcare and how it should be approached in, in this country, there is a lot of employers, there are a lot of employers, grammar, Colby, uh, there are a lot of employers out there that are now offering more and more tools to help uh, employees embrace overall wellness, which is, which is a good thing. But you have to know what they are and how to put them into practice. So whether you're just starting a new gig or you've been with a company for years, these are some of the tools that you need to be looking out for pretty much from day one so that you can put them into practice. Now, the first one, the most important one from day one is whether your company offers an FSA, an HSA, or an HRA. Uh, there are three different acronyms. I, uh, I believe it's a flexible spending account, a health savings account, or a health reimbursement account. They're all effectively the same thing. These are savings accounts that let you put money in to pay your medical bills. The benefit that they offer, or that all three of them offer, is the money is tax-free. So you put your money in before it comes out of your pay, before it goes through taxes and then goes into your paycheck. Um, the, the, the key difference here is an FSA, a flexible spending account, is an account where you have to use that money within 12 months. And if you don't, you lose the balance. So if you put in $1,000 and you only have $100 worth of medical expenses, you lose the $900 at the end of the year. An HSA is an account that goes with you and rolls over. So it's just like a normal savings account. So you put in $1,000 in a year, you only spend $100. The next year, you have a balance of $900 you can pull from, and then you can keep adding to it. An HRA or a health reimbursement account is a little bit more rare. And this is offered by companies where the company is the one that puts money in. So they may give you, it's, it's an added perk. It's an added piece of compensation. It's primarily designed to help pay for deductibles and things like that. So your company might start with putting $1,000 in an HRA for you each year that you can then draw on. 
What's also fantastic about these accounts is you can use them for, there's one version that allows you to use it for your medical expenses or the medical expenses of your dependents and your family. Then there's another account that you can set up that is specifically for uh, childcare. So let's say you have a, you have a, you know, a child who is in daycare, you can set aside money in advance tax-free to help pay for those sessions. Now, when I say tax-free, this is where the benefit is on all of these different accounts. Let's say that your, early in your career, your tax rate is probably going to be about 25%. That's a generalization. Some people it's going to be less, some people it's going to be more. Generally speaking, 25-ish is about what you're going to be at. So every time you have a dollar, you get paid a dollar by your company, you get paid 75 cents. You actually get 75 cents because 25 cents goes to, to Uncle Sam. Now, if you put that dollar into your flexible spending account, you then get to keep 100% of that dollar. So you're getting an extra 25% of your money for an expense you're already going to have. So if you know for example, that over the course of this year, you're going to spend $500 on a medication uh, or $500 on some sort of treatment. Then if you pay that out of pocket, you're really going to end up paying, be paying more like $625 because 25% of 500 is 125. So you've got to pay $625 out of pocket. However, If you're using your FSA, you're only going to pay that original $500. You're going to save that $125. Put it another way, it's kind of like going to Costco and buying a gift card. Um, You are, where at at Costco, you can buy a gift card now that's worth $50, but you're only going to pay $40. You're saving that 20, 25%. The reason why this is so important to set up right away, an FSA, HSA, HRA, you can only elect into that at one point during the year. So you can't change your mind. You can't adjust the the deductions or anything like that in June. You got to do that right when you start. Um, So it's important to sit down and take a minute and think about, okay, what are my actual medical expenses going to be over the course of this year? Um, And try and hit that precise number. Um, after you've done it for a couple of years, it, it's pretty easy to, to, to estimate. You don't want to put too much in, especially if you have an HS, if you have an FSA, because then you wind up losing that money at the end of the year. If you don't, so example, you put a thousand dollars in your FSA, you only use a hundred, you're kissing nine hundred dollars goodbye. But if you're if you know that you're going to have a thousand dollars worth of medical expenses, then you might as well run it through the FSA because you're saving 25, 20% uh, in taxes. The second thing to look for is your EAP. If your company offers an EAP, that's short for Employee Assistance Plan. And an Employee Assistance Plan is designed to alleviate some of the stress that can come with daily life for employees and that can then contribute to other you know, health and well-being challenges. So for example, uh, the biggest thing that EAPs offer are things like mental health counseling. A lot of EAPs will offer six free sessions with a 
with a mental health counselor and then a reduced rate if you need uh, services after that. Um, They also offer things like legal advice. So if you need to set up a will or a trust, uh, you don't have to go through the stress of interviewing a bunch of lawyers and trying to find the best price. The EAP has, has designated providers that are offering their services at a reduced rate or a fixed rate. Uh, to, to help you. They also do you know, things like uh, family care providers. So if you are, have, have an aging parent that needs, uh, you know, needs, some, needs some care, they have services for that. They have a ton of different resources, but you need to take a minute and look at your EAP and see what they offer and what the different structures are so that you can fully take advantage of that. The third thing to look out for are what health support services your company offers. Now, what I love, again, The healthcare situation in our country has a lot of issues, but something that I'm really heartened by is a lot of insurance providers are finally cluing into the fact that preventative care is actually beneficial for everyone involved. It makes for a healthier patient. uh, It it reduces the risk of chronic conditions. uh, It reduces overall costs. It reduces emergency visits and so forth. So they're starting to offer things like nutrition counseling and health coaching and fitness advisors and other resources that are designed to help you live a healthier, more active life. Um, They also are going to offer things typically like chiropractic care or massage or acupuncture or other wellness uh, wellness tools that you know maybe 10 years ago were considered you know uh, unqualified uh, pieces of care those are things that you want to take advantage of um, I was not somebody who'd ever seen a chiropractor until I got into my mid-20s and it was a life changer when I started going um, I was also somebody as I mentioned I, I recently threw out my back and I've had back problems for for a long time partially because of the way that I, partially because of my posture, because I'm sitting all day. Going and getting a massage uh, when that's covered by my, by, by my medical benefits is a great uh, is, is a great resource and a great help for me. Uh, acupuncture, something else that I've taken advantage of over the years, it could be a great uh, benefit to, to my health. Um, your employer understands that they need to have healthy employees, and that doesn't necessarily mean just going to urgent care. That means eating the right foods, exercising, and living an overall healthy lifestyle. And there are support services that are designed to help you with that. The fourth piece and the final piece that I want to touch on today, because there's a ton more that we could get into, and I'm sure that I'm probably going to do a couple more episodes on this as we go. But the importance of looking at in-network versus out-of-network providers. Um, This is a huge pain in the neck because it can change every year and it can get complicated and there can be most most companies will have tier one providers and tier two providers and tier three providers but what you need to be aware of early on and it's good to figure this out in advance i'll explain why in a second but the difference between a tier one and a tier two provider can be substantial Um, tier one providers may have a copay of 25 dollars tier two providers may have a copay of 70 dollars um, so every time you go to visit, it's an extra $45, $50 to go see your doctor if you're pulling somebody who's out of network. The other thing you need to be aware of is most insurance companies have different deductibles for different pools of providers. Um, you may look at your health insurance plan and see, okay, there's you know three options. There's one that has a $500 deductible and one that has a $1,500 deductible and one that has a $2,000 deductible. 
but that's for in-network providers. If you look at your policy, there is a very real chance that your company has a $500 deductible for in-network providers, $1,500 for tier two out-of-network providers, and a $5,000 deductible for tier three providers. Now, those are those are round numbers that I'm you know, estimating here. I'm, I I'm not speaking to any specific plan that has that as its structure, but that's a very common where there's a stair step. So you could go in and think that you're, you could see one doctor who's in network and one doctor who's out of network, and you could think that it's all going against the same pot. Oh, I've got a $500 deductible. I can afford this when really you're going to be on the hook for $500 for Dr. One and $1,500 for Dr. Two, which if you figure that out in June, after you've already had a couple of appointments, say you've got a, a problem with your wrist and you're going in for physical therapy or treatment or something like that, that can add up and become a huge problem. Whereas if you take 10 minutes when you're first signing up for your, your benefits and you figure out, okay, who are my physicians who are in network? Who are my physicians out of network? Also, which emergency rooms and urgent cares are in network versus out of network? Because the last thing that you want to do, trust me, I'm speaking from experience, is be in a position where you wake up with a throat infection and you're frantically trying to sift through on your phone which local urgent care is going to charge you $25 for a strep test and which one is going to charge you $150 for a strep test. This is also something that you need to do every year because your plan is going to change. Doctors are going to move in and out of network um, and you need to be prepared to know which doctor is which and which one uh, is going to be in network for you and which one is going to save you money. And the final piece of advice that I'm going to give you uh, on, on this episode is ask questions. Don't be afraid to go to your HR team. Don't be afraid to go to your parents or a, a trusted advisor and ask questions about this, this kind of stuff. It is incredibly common. I was in this boat 100%. When I came out of college, I had been living on my parents' insurance my entire life, obviously. When I got my first full-time job and got my medical benefits, I had to sit down with my dad for like an hour and have him walk me through it. And even to this day, when I'm signing up for, when I, when I, if I change jobs or if they change our plan, I'm still saying, you know, going to somebody that I trust and having them look at the numbers with me and say, I, I just want to make sure I'm looking at this the right way because it's complicated. It is a, is a large, complicated process and it can be incredibly expensive. But if you go into it with knowledge and if you understand the lay of the land from the beginning and you have an edu you have an education about this kind of stuff, you will be you will feel so much more empowered and you will feel so much better because you will be able to maximize the care that you're giving to your body. And so with that, uh, episode 10 now in the books, episode 11 will be coming at you before you know it, guys. I am going to try and get a second episode out this week as a bonus because I missed last week. Um, we'll do my very best. As always, please make sure you subscribe to the show. would love a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, and uh, of course, give us a shout on social media if you like what you're hearing. I'm at Colby Reed, C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E on Twitter. Uh, also, feel free to tell your friends to give it a listen. And hey, if you've got a question about a situation you're facing in, in the workplace, or a topic, feel free to send it over. Uh, feel free to DM me on Twitter or, or hit me up with a message. I would be happy to talk through what you guys want to talk through. I want this show to be useful to you. And with that, I'm Colby Reed, and we'll talk next time.